Welcome to On Olive Oil, hosted by Curtis Cord, the publisher of Olive Oil Times. Featuring 30-minute discussions with people throughout the world, sharing their unique perspectives on the ever-changing olive oil landscape. This week's guest is India Olive Association President, Rajneesh Basin. Most of us live a fairly sedentary lifestyle, spending most of the day staring at a laptop or a computer. What a lot of these people are beginning to realize is if I cannot, you know, spend a good one, one and a half, two hours in a workout on a daily basis, at least one thing that I can change is change my oil. Now, from New York City, here's Curtis Cord. The health benefits of olive oil have been a driving force in its rising popularity throughout the world, including the one and a quarter billion people who live in India. Heart disease accounts for a staggering 40% of all deaths among Indians, an unfortunate result of genetic predisposition, cultural influences, and many believe the unhealthy seed oils used in the high heat applications of traditional Indian cuisine. Indians could use more olive oil in their diets, and Borges, a 120-year-old Spanish company that is one of the world's largest producers, would love to provide it for them. Here to discuss that is Rajneesh Basin, who is the managing director of Borges India and president of the India Olive Association. Rajneesh, welcome. Thank you, Curtis. So when did you get started in the olive oil business, Rajneesh? Uh, Well, uh, we started in India, the subsidiary, in 2009. And as we speak in 2015, we are six years old or six years young, as you can call them. So so that's how long we've been in India uh, in the olive oil business. Once in a while, I dig into the readership statistics of Olive Oil Times. And what I have found is that 10% of our readers are in the major cities of India, and they are researching the health benefits of olive oil. That probably doesn't surprise you, does it? No, it does not. Because uh, in India, while uh, uh, we are a country with over 1 billion people, a large part of the urban uh, consumers, and especially consumers who are facing these uh, health hazards like cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, cholesterol, many, many other health problems, they are predominantly the people who live in the urban conglomerates, as we call them, which are about 55, 1 million plus population towns. Or if you have to narrow them down even further, they live in the top seven, eight metropolitan cities, which are namely Delhi, Mumbai, Bangalore, Hyderabad, Chennai, Pune, uh, Calcutta. These are these are the seven, eight big cities where people like us live a really, really uh, hectic lifestyle. We start work early in the morning at seven, eight. Uh, and by the time we get back home, it's seven, eight in the evening. So most of us live a fairly sedentary lifestyle, spending most of the day staring at a laptop or a computer. And there's very little time for physical exercise. So that's where a lot of these health concerns are growing in, in and they're coming in fairly young. So a lot of, lot of people in their uh, early 30s, late 30s, early 40s are beginning to get these problems because of the lifestyle that, that we are kind of living in. And that's where the olive oil culture is really catching up because a lot of these people have traveled abroad. They've gone to US, Europe, traveled to Spain, Greece, and they've experienced olive oil and they know the health benefits of olive oil are immense. 
lot of these people, uh, even when they started going to uh, foreign countries like Spain, Italy, France, they, they, they used to get these kind of oils back for their parents who might be, uh, you know, a couple of decades back would face uh, or would be having a cardiovascular problem, uh, diabetes or cholesterol. The, they used to, kids used to travel abroad and get back for their parents to say, hey, look, why don't you cook your food in this oil? It's, it's very healthy and uh, it will help you in some of those health hazards. And now, since since a lot of us ourselves are plagued with these kind of cardiovascular and other health uh, disorders, it's 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 a category that's really really catching up in the in the urban towns because uh, what what a lot of these people are beginning to realize is if I cannot you know spend a good one one and a half two hours in a workout on a daily basis, at least one thing that I can change is change my oil and move mm. to a healthier oil. And especially the people in higher higher socioeconomic classes like SEC A1, A2, uh, um, affordability is not an issue. The amount that it costs to get a 5-liter bottle of olive oil is the amount they spend on a weekend just going to a mall or watching a movie and stuff like that. So I don't think money is a concern. What is a big concern for them definitely is health. And that's where olive oil culture is really spreading like uh, wildfire as we speak. Until recently, most of the olive oil imported into India was used in cosmetics. Now there is a, an emergence, as you said, of the product in the edible oil market, but it is slow going. Why is the average consumption only on the order of one half of a teaspoon per year or just one tenth of one percent? of the cooking oil market. You're right. Uh, while while the, the category uh, of olive oil has been in India for more than two, three decades. So all of us as kids have grown up seeing uh, a bottle of Figaro in our house. And that's typically been used for massage or when you have a, you know, you break your knee or something, you're recovering, you're advised by the doctor, why don't you apply some olive oil when, when, you, when your joint is healing and stuff like that. So uh, when, when uh, till about a decade back, uh, most of us only knew olive oil is good for massage or external applications because of vitamin E and, and other health benefits of olive oil, which are more you know external to the body than internal. And then uh, suddenly companies like Borges and a couple of other other companies got serious about the market like India. And we started creating a culture of really uh, talking about the health benefits of olive oil and how it's good for internal consumption. So whether it's cooking Indian food or Mediterranean food in olive oil, they, we started cultivating a habit among consumers that it's good for health. So uh, before Borges came in, most of the most of the Indian consumers used to feel that you know, olive oil is good for health, good for eating, but it's typically for the Mediterranean dishes, which is Italian pastas or pizzas and stuff like that. And it's not for uh, Indian cooking. Okay. And the other thing was that most of us are not great at cooking Mediterranean food. So most Indians, uh, uh, housewives or traditional Indian ladies used to find it convenient to cook Indian food because that's what they've grown up doing. But... Uh, Mediterranean diet was something little alien to them and most of us were uh, comfortable ordering a pizza or a pasta rather than cooking at home because the lady of the house would have this concern that I might get it wrong or I would overcook it or undercook it and stuff like that. That's where the culture has really taken a lot of time to kind of catch up on. But as soon as companies like Borges came into India, we started creating a culture where we talk to consumers 
uh, we 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 understood what the need is and uh, based on the latent demand for for uh, uh, olive oil for indian cooking we we uh, launched an extra light olive oil which was predominantly refined and a uh, little bit of extra virgin in it and we we started uh, advertising that product and telling consumers that look here is a product here's an olive oil which is good for indian cooking and that's where the that's where the culture kind of began uh, catching up really fast right i have heard i think it was vn dalmia who said many traditional indian dishes are prepared by adding cooking oil to a very hot pan and for that reason olive oil is seen by many indian households as an inappropriate choice is that how it is yes so uh, traditional indian households uh, don't just thaw the food that they cook and you know toss it in the pan and stuff like that that's beginning to happen now more in urban uh, nuclear families because we don't want to cook too much food in olive oil on in oil but traditionally he's right what used to happen is we used to eat food which was fried a lot of frying used to happen uh, that's a big impediment to consuming olive oil because uh, the seed oils which we used to cook food in used to used to be smoking practically and used to be really hot at 250 degrees plus i would say and at those temperatures olive oil will will typically burn so so it's not recommended to do that so that's 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 definitely a challenge but what is progressively happening in india is a lot of eating habits of the indian consumers are changing so now we live in metropolitan cities with more and more families living as nuclear families rather than joint families so so those those kind of uh, you know lavish uh, lounging and having two three hour meals uh, is is completely out of question that does not happen anymore so that's where because of the change in cooking habits of consumers olive oil is really beginning to catch up so people are beginning to cook differently and hence olive oil is finding a place in the kitchen whether it's a primary or a secondary or a tertiary cooking uh, oil so people are beginning to cook differently people are diff- beginning to cook differently they have experienced olive oil and products like this because a lot of people today because of the it boom in india a lot of people travel internationally so a lot of our people who used to live in small towns are looking for better career opportunities and moving to big towns like delhi mumbai bangalore chennai as i told you and and these guys are getting opportunities because they work in it companies they're beginning to get opportunities to do client visits and travel to travel abroad quite often and when they travel abroad very often they experience categories like olive oil and they're beginning to feel wow this could be healthy and this is good and they come back with these uh, as change agents and hence the change in culture that that is beginning to happen and we've seen it happen over the last decade couple of decades and it's very apparent because you see a lot of healthy food categories really begin to shine which which practically were non-existent couple of decades back mm-hmm. i can give give you multiple example like kellogs is beginning to do very well and that's not a, a breakfast habit that we grew up on you know similarly there's quaker oats that's caught up and there are a lot of oats that people are beginning to consume again that's not a uh, breakfast habit that we have grown on so these are these are changes that are very very visible and i think olive oil is a similar change that's there to stay so one of your strategies at borges has been to develop olive oil products such as your extra light olive oil that can stand higher heat and extend many of the health benefits olive oil affords and then to educate consumers on its use is that right 
Yes, absolutely. So when we did consumer research, when we came into India and we were putting together a go-to-market strategy, there were two things that the Indian CEO mom, as we call them, told us. Okay, she said one, she thought olive oil was an alien oil and it was typically for Mediterranean dishes, as I told you some time back. And the second thing she told me, told us, was that, you know, she had read or she had experienced that olive oil had a flavor to it. Uh, a fruity flavor, and they felt that it would interfere with the food that they cook because Indian dishes are typically cooked in refined oil or or uh, any of these products which have no taste, so they are tasteless, odorless oils. So there was a fear in the Indian uh, CEO mom, who's the who's the boss of the kitchen, that there might be a issue with the taste and flavor of the oil. So when we presented to them an extra light, we told them that one. Uh, it had no taste or flavor, and the second, it had all the health benefits of an olive oil because uh, it was uh, it was olive oil. It's refined, but it's olive oil uh, at the same time. So this is this is something that really worked beautifully with the consumers, and and that's where they started picking it off the shelves, and that's where uh, the the category began to boom uh, four years back. And in the last five years, uh, the category has grown fourfold as we speak. Yeah. How much is being invested in promotional campaigns? A lot, as we speak. So uh, in the last three, four years, uh, there are a lot of serious players that are there in the market now. So there's Cargill, which owns the owns the Leonardo brand now. That's one very serious player in the market. Second is a company called Del Monte, though internationally they are known for fruit uh, juices and fruit uh, slices. But in India, they have a partner with whom they have created a whole Mediterranean range and they seem very serious. And there are quite a few uh, others who are entering the market and uh, and seem to be serious about the market. So the good thing is a lot of serious players are there in the market today. All of them are, uh, are wooing for uh, a wide audience of consumers. All of them are incidentally doing a lot of wet sampling in modern trade stores. So modern trade is where uh, the, the premium or the higher SEC consumers shop in India today. They are able to uh, experience the product through wet samplings that are going on. And every leading brand, every serious player in the market is doing it. So I think all these things are really good because once consumers uh, experience the product, that's when they will begin to you know, get hooked onto the category. And that's where there are huge opportunities for the category to grow in medium, yeah. short term and long. Yeah. Speaking of promotional campaigns, I know there has been some hand slapping in the past with questionable claims that were made on olive oil advertisements. I'm talking about Leonardo's claim a few years back on, on the bottle of its olive pumice oil that said it, quote, helps fight cholesterol and heart disease, lowers blood pressure, controls and prevents diabetes and fights cancer. But more recently, you went after Safola Total, which is a rice bran and soybean oil mix for saying in its advertisements that it was healthier than olive oil, and your complaint was upheld by the Advertising Standards Council of India. Is there a war of misinformation going on there? It wouldn't be the only place people are being utterly confused by big companies spreading hyperbole about competing cooking oils. Yeah, so uh, there have been concerns on, on misleading the consumer. So uh, as I took over, uh, uh, the, as I took over from Mr. Dalmian and became the president of the Indian Olive Association, we put together a charter where one of the key things that we want to do 
is to uh, stop misleading the consumer. So we've taken it as, as up very strongly that we will not allow any of our any of our members or any of uh, our competitors, whether in the category or outside the category, to mislead the consumer. So we are taking it up very strongly. We don't. We we are working on a charter which is very clearly laying down that we are we stand for right communication. Okay. What we need to do is, uh, and this is work in progress as we speak, but very soon we should have a first draft out, where we want to put together uh, a charter, a, a, a set of deliverables on uh, if it's extra version, it's good for this, and these are the health benefits, and these are the kind of dishes you can use it for. Similarly, this is refined, refined extra light. You can. This is the health benefit, and this is what you you could use it for. And these are the different subcategories, and their usage occasions, and their health benefits. So that and we want to we want to agree on it within the association because we're trying to get in both olive oil importers and retailers and any other stakeholders, whether it's importing companies, etc., countries, etc. So we're trying to get everybody into the association. And agree on a baseline denominator beyond which, uh, which is what we should all then follow as a prescribed set of things that we can say uh, about olive oil. So this will help all the olive oil players have one standard communication around the health benefits of the various subcategories. So I think it will it will iron out a lot of issues because we are facing a lot of challenges about miscommunication happening across brands. Okay. So that's one part of the issue. The second part of the issue, as you rightly said, is happening with brands like Safola, which is one of the leading uh, uh, blended sunflower oils that sells in India, claiming that it's two times better than olive oil and stuff like that on antioxidants, etc. So we've taken it up very strongly with them. We took it up very strongly a year or so back when they claimed this upfront in the advertising and the uh, we complained to the advertising association in India and they upheld a claim and they pushed Safola to withdraw uh, that ad. It happened again very recently and this time we uh, we are going to debate on this very soon in the association but we look we are looking at a very aggressive PR campaign where we uh, really nail them down. So we we again complained to the advertising association and they upheld the claim of Safola again. But I think it's it's too 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 uh, too little uh, too late, and this time we we in the association would want to uh, actually take over uh, the task of taking these guys, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking the bull by the by the horn and telling them that you know this is not done. So we have a whole set of activities which we have planned in the next few months around this, where we want to send a message out not to Safola but to any other brand or any other edible oil that wants to claim that they are better than olive oil that uh, you know it it better be something that can be substantiated with data otherwise they they have no right to go around and claim this and confuse the Indian consumer having sure. said all of this there's a silver lining in the whole episode which is at least uh, we know that olive oil is the gold standard in in, in edible oil and that's proven uh, with with lot of serious large category players in the in the edible oil space wanting to claim as good as olive oil so you uh, so you are the gold standard in that sense there is a benchmark that is there that's set let's talk for a minute then about olive pumice oil the lowest priced oil made by chemically extracting oil from the leftover pits and pulp 
which in most of the world is relegated to food service applications. You rarely see it on the store shelves. V.N. Dalmia, the founding president of the India, India Olive Association and your predecessor, viewed pomace oil as the lowest hurdle for price-sensitive households to adopt a monounsaturated fat. I don't see your advertisements at Borges touting pumice oil, and on your website I couldn't find it listed. Yet on the Leonardo site, it's the featured product placed above all others. Is that a fundamental difference in, strat- uh, difference in strategies? It looks like you are seeding the pumice oil market to Leonardo uncontested. Is that how it is? Yeah, so uh, uh, in the association, we have debated this quite often that should we uh, should we allow uh, sale of pomace uh, olive oil in india and you know we know internationally in a lot of european and countries like italy spain etc it's only used for industrial application probably not even for uh, edible as an edible oil uh, having said that a uh, lot of companies have different strategies so we we kind of respect each other on what we are doing but at the same time borges in borges it's it's not part of our strategy so we are very clear that uh, we 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 don't believe fundamentally that we want to give consumers so uh, an opportunity to consume olive oil by by getting them started with something like pomace because uh, it's as you said it's chemically extracted and might not be the best experience uh, from a consumer standpoint for him or her to come back to this oil. So we want them to get a credible experience of olive oil when they taste olive oil. Hence, our strategy hovers around refined and extra virgin. And that's the that's the culture that we want to spread. Having said that, uh, different companies have different strategies. So uh, while, while uh, our strategy where we want to create an authentic olive oil experience with extra light moving to pure maybe graduating to extra virgin some of our competitors believe that uh, at least believe till a couple of years back by uh, by by pricing pomace just maybe at a 20% premium over the uh, blended sunflower oils like safola sundrops they felt that you know it might be a good way to upgrade the, the, the premium seed oil consumers to pomace and get them started in olive oil and then maybe they would go up the value chain and graduate to a, maybe a refined uh, or an extra virgin as the case may be. The former general manager of the, of the Leonardo brand, Himani Dalmia, said one of the biggest challenges in the market was, and I'm quoting here, a tribe of food purists who do not understand the concept of olive oil for Indian cooking. In their zeal to promote only extra virgin olive oil, they fail to understand Indian realities. Do you think there is a tribe of olive oil snobs that are ruining the fun for pomace oil marketers there? <laughs> no, I, 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 don't, I don't subscribe to that philosophy. Um, uh, and uh, what we have been able to do in India in the last five years is a testimony of the fact that if you stand for the right communication, if you tell the right things to the consumer, we are talking to a very discerning set of consumers. We are talking to consumers who are, you know, on the net, on their phones. They have uh, extremely high uh, information sensitivity because they are very IT savvy. They are able to Google whatever they want to try. They are traveled across the globe. So we're not talking to the to the SEC, BC, or the lower strata of society. 
who could be who could be you know kind of uh, lured into a story which which might not be credible in the long term so and there's data to show it today that you know the numbers uh, as as the category has grown fourfold the pomes oil consumption in india has not grown fourfold what has really grown or what is driving the category in india today is the refined refined uh, olive oil and within refined it's the extra light that's really defining the category today so as we speak when we started 4 years back we are the ones who created the subcategory extra light but as we speak today even lenardo has been forced to launch an extra light a couple of months back or less than a month back so it it talks volumes about the fact that you know uh, there's there's a lot of merit in what we have been doing and kind of uh, reinforces what i said last year the lenardo brand was acquired by cargill bringing the muscle of a 120 billion dollar multinational to the local olive oil street fight in india how has that changed the competitive landscape for borges and others uh, till now uh, in the last 5 years the entire category development task in terms of educating the consumers on health benefit of olive oil etc uh, etc et was completely uh, on us on borges because we are the ones who started television advertising we had a celebrity in chitrangada saying who was uh, endorsing our brand and we started creating an olive oil culture in india which is what kind of uh, uh, caused a huge ripple in the market and consumers started a lot of fence sitters on the of the olive oil category started jumping into the category okay uh, what has happened now is only going to help the category so i strongly believe there is enough room for all of us to grow the category because as we speak the category is just 12000 tons and india consumes at least 15 to 18 million tons of edible oil so there's enough room to grow the category exponentially and i think if all of us start uh, working on building the category creating consumer awareness around olive oil and the health benefits the category will grow manifold in, in years to come so it's going to help end of the day Now the olive oil quality standards in place since 2013 in India closely resemble those of the International Olive Council but with some components missing that the IOA urged the Food Safety and Standards Authority to consider adding what happened with that No so uh, as we speak our standards are I think they are completely in line with codex I don't think that there are any significant gaps between codex standards and olive oil standards in india so we been mr dalmia and i have worked on this with the with the food safety authority in india over the last couple of years and today the standards in india are, are, are very close to the codex standard so we been able to work with them and convince them to adopt codex and and we are proud to say that today the indian standards are exactly in line with codex so i don't think that There many gaps there and how much enforcement is there of the standards do you hear about products being tested off the shelves or fines levied against producers and marketers yes so uh, in india our, our regulations are pretty strong so also what happens is uh, though a lot of a uh, lot of small time importers complain but i think it's a strength every consignment of oil that comes in olive oil that comes in gets uh, sampled and tested and Uh, tested on all the relevant parameters before the shipment gets cleared so most product that is coming into india prepacked and most of it is coming prepacked from italy or spain or a lot of other countries is is tested at the point of entry 
Okay, so all those products are are fairly safe and pass the standards as they enter the country. But uh, there could be a question mark on some of the blends that are done in India. So I'm not commenting on that. But I I think the 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 entry gate has a strong check, which ensures that suboptimal or sub uh, or poor quality of products don't enter the country. We've been watching the progress over the past years of the olive cultivation experiment in the Indian state of Rajasthan. It has now graduated beyond an experiment as they've bottled the first olive oils made in India, and they are planning to expand cultivation far beyond the existing 240 hectares of government land out to more than 5,000 hectares on private farmlands. That's about 13,000 acres, providing farmers with free plants and technical support Will India one day become a major olive oil producer? No, so I think this is a step in the right direction. So we have also been actively engaging with the Rajasthan Olive Cultivation Limited, which is a company which is uh, supported by the Rajasthan government and they're driving this project. We will be happy to sell locally produced olive oil in times to come. But I think I think it's, it's far from uh, where it should be or where it could be taken. Because the, the, the initial uh, crop that they got from the 200 hectares is about 100 tons of olives and about with a, with a 8 to 10 percent yield is about only 8 to 10 tons of olive oil. So even if you, you know, go with a 5,000 hectares project, which is what has been kicked off with the Rajasthan government, uh, allowing it very recently, I think the, the, the output will only go grow 25 to 30 times from a 10 tons, which means only about... 300 tons and and it's a, still a very small minuscule percentage of what olive oil sells in India today and if these numbers happen in five years from now or 10 years from now the olive oil category would have moved from a 12,000 tons where it is today to about 20 to 25,000 tons so I'm sure the local oil will be good because it can it it'll it'll uh, it'll in the long run or uh, medium term give better prices to consumers because one of our biggest challenges in India is because we import, we pay a lot of import duty on the product and by the time the product reaches the shelves, it is at least two to three times the price on the shelf in in Europe or um, Italy or Spain. So it's from a consumer standpoint, if it becomes more affordable, it's, it's really going to be big news or good news for the consumer because more and more consumers will be able to start adopting it uh, as, as a daily cooking oil and it can, it can really grow manifold. So one of the big challenges we face today is the import duty and forex fluctuations, which is really uh, making the prices of olive oil really unaffordable to the Indian consumers. So the premium consumers who are price inelastic, they buy it. But but to a lot of lot of mass consumers, it is a it is a, uh, still beyond their reach. So I'm sure a local project when when it scales up, and I'm really hoping that after the Rajasthan experience, many other states uh, should take this up and start supporting it. And uh, very recently, there's been a 100% foreign direct investment allowed in olive plantation. That's an initiative that has been kicked off by the by the current Modi government. So I think all of these things are steps in the right direction. In India, if if in times to come, and I'm really hoping it happens in the next decade or so, if we have more than 15, 20,000 hectares of land cultivated across various states uh, producing olive oil, 
I'm sure we'll start producing three, four, five thousand tons of local olive oil, which should help hedge the the prices that we get in the uh, in imports, and maybe it'll put some pressure on exporting countries to bring their prices down to be more competitive in the Indian market. So all of these are steps that I think should help uh, grow olive culture in India, and I'm sure. Uh, it'll it'll help in the long term. Right. You mentioned tariffs, and another challenge importers and marketers faced was the duty on extra virgin olive oils brought into India, which the India Olive Association lobbied to have adjusted down to under, I believe, under 2%. So you're correct. So that's where the real boom happened. So about a decade back uh, is when the duties with active lobbying by the Indian Olive Association and thanks to government accepting a proposal, the import duty on crude uh, olive oil was brought down to zero, and uh, to uh, from 45 percent, and uh, on refined the duty was brought down to seven and a half percent. So these were very very good times when uh, the duties were zero and seven and a half percent respectively. And uh, also what happened was internationally we had some very good, good crops. Uh, which which kept the olive oil prices very, very competitive in the Indian market. So that was really helpful, and that's the time when olive oil saw, as a category, saw a huge boom uh, in the last four, five, seven years. But very recently, uh, the, the current government is, uh, is actively pursuing defensive strategy, and this is not intended towards product categories like olive oil. It is more to protect the Indian farmers who are into seed, oil production is where they are uh, raising the import barriers on uh, crude and refined imported uh, oils. And in this crossfire, which is really targeted around uh, seed oils coming from abroad, uh, because we are in the same chapter heading or the same uh, code, we are, uh, import duties on olive oil as we speak for extra virgin has gone up from 0 to 12.5% over the last two years. And uh, for refined, it's moved from seven and a half to twenty percent as we speak. So these are, these are the challenges that we face at one level. And the other other part is the Indian rupee is not doing as well as we would want it to do. Though we are really hoping with with the, the current regime uh, really pushing exports and expecting the rupee to kind of be stable. But the rupee as we speak has touched sixty five, sixty six levels. Versus a dollar, and you know, in in euro terms, it's 73, 74 versus a uh, euro, which used to be 62, 63 versus a euro almost a couple of years back. So, so these two problems together are uh, are having a compounding effect on the landed price of olive oil. And uh, last couple of years, I'm sure you know, the crop in Spain and Italy has not been too great. So, uh, with these three problems, uh, what has happened is the price to consumer for a bottle of olive oil is practically doubled in the last two years. And that's where uh, we, we are not seeing huge growths in the category. For example, the category has been practically flat last two years at around 12,000 tons, uh, which is really because uh, our, our, our uh, consumer research tells us that the the People who have adopted the category, the adopted the product category, which is olive oil, are sticking to the category because they have experienced the category and they know the health benefits. But a lot of fence sitters who would have loved to jump into the category because of the prices jumping significantly are tending to stay away from the category and are not jumping in. So that's that's something we are missing out on. But I'm really hoping that 
the trends for the uh, the current crops seem to be really encouraging and i am really hoping that in the next few months the the olive oil prices come down significantly and uh, uh, most of us in the olive association believe that we will want to pass these benefits to the indian consumer giving them more offers or bringing the price to consumer down at the at the shelves so that more people begin to pick the product and uh, and the category sees another round of boom rajneesh basin is the managing director of borges india and the president of the india olive association Thank you for joining us today. It's been very interesting, and I wish you continued success in your campaign. Thank you, Curtis, and it was very nice speaking to you, too. On Olive Oil is produced in New York by Olive Oil Times, the world's leading olive oil publication. To listen to past episodes, visit onoliveoil.com. <laughs>